Let's pray before we look again at this passage. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you for your word. And we pray that as we look now at faith and works, you would help us to see what you say, that we may understand how they work together. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God. It, I could keep going, couldn't I, friends? But you may have seen something like that happen, or you may have just seen it on TV. But sometimes when people say the creeds, it's a droning, tired reciting of something that you're not, even, you're not even sure they even understand, let alone really believe. And it can lead you to wonder, what on earth is faith? The reformers have said to us that faith saves us. But sadly, often it looks as sad as that picture of someone just droning their way through a creed. What does it mean to be saved by faith? Does it mean that we simply tick the box on the census form every five years and say, yes, I'm a Christian? Is that what it means? Or does it mean that we say the creed once a week? Or we pray a prayer and tick the box on the connect card that says, I prayed the prayer. What does it mean to have faith in Jesus? If I say that I have faith in Jesus, does that mean I can do whatever I want? How can faith alone save? Well, if you've ever asked that question, you're not alone because James is asking it with you. Have a look at verse 14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? So there's the question. Can faith alone save? That is, faith with no deeds. Or does faith need something else to complete it before our, we are saved? Well, having posed the question, James then sets about answering it. And the first thing he says is there in verse 15, and it's about good wishes. Have a look there in verse 15. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So James here says that faith by itself is just like good wishes. Yeah, I wish you well. And that's nice, but it's ultimately useless. 
it's of no practical value as, at all. And that's a problem when you need actual practical help. Just imagine for a moment that you went home today and you were you know, cleaning out the backyard and a snake jumped out of the undergrowth and bit you on the leg. And you got rushed off to hospital and uh, you were presented, you know, rushed through emergency, snake bite, yep. And the doctor looked at you and said, yep, that's a snake bite. Well, I hope you get better. Good luck. I'm sure you will. Thank you. Bye. Like, can you imagine that scenario? It would not happen, would it? I think if the, the doctor did do that, you'd say, I think you've forgotten something, like, you know, an antidote. The good wishes of the doctor are nice, but they don't save. They're useless. And faith, just by itself, is just like good wishes, says James. It's nice, but ultimately it doesn't achieve anything. He then ups the ante in verse 19. Look at verse 19. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So James says that faith by itself can't be enough because the demons have faith. Or to put it another way, they have faith and they aren't saved, so therefore faith by itself can't be enough. And then he goes on with another argument in verses 20 to 23 and verse 25. He goes back into two Old Testament examples. He picks on Abraham and Rahab. And he points out that both of them were not saved by faith itself. Abraham was prepared to kill his son in obedience to God. And of course, we know he was prevented. Sorry about that spoiler alert. And Rahab, well, she sheltered some spies and stopped them from being arrested and executed. Was there faith there? Yes, absolutely. Yes. But works were in there as well, says James. And we might at this point ask ourselves, how on earth does it work? How are we saved? And how do faith and works fit together? What's the answer? Well, the answer is that real faith always produces work. Romans 1.5 speaks of the obedience that comes from faith. That is, faith, if it's genuine, always produces obedience, which is another term for works or good deeds. And it's seen clearest in that wonderful passage in Ephesians chapter 2, where the Apostle Paul says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus 
to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What are we saved by? Well, we're saved by faith. Faith in Jesus is what saves us. And it is the gift of God, so that we can't boast. But as you see in Ephesians 2 verse 10, what happens once we're saved is that we do the good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. So why is James attacking faith here? Is he really attacking faith? Have a look again at verse 17. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Okay. Or if you go back to verse 14, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds, can such faith save them? Faith is dead unless it's accompanied by action. And what James is doing here is he's attacking the kind of faith that doesn't ever produce any good works ever. Okay, He's attacking, in other words, fake faith. You'll notice at the start of the passage it talks about claiming to have faith, but there's no actual evidence of it. You know, he's talking about the kind of faith where some, someone simply recites a creed because that's what you do, and they don't really believe it. The actual mouthing of the words is not an indication of what's going on inside them. Or he's attacking the person who prays a prayer and it's the same thing. He has no relationship to what they actually think. They're just saying the words. Real faith produces good works. Fake faith, well, there are no works to see at all. In effect, good deeds or works show whether a, Christ, what a Christ, whether a Christian really believes or not. Whether the claim of I have faith in Jesus is true. And you can see that challenge in verse 18 of the passage. He says, show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by what I do. It's like James is saying to his readers, hey, I can show you my faith. You can see it in what I do here and here and here. Oh, and over there. Now, can you show me your faith without any deeds? Nope, still can't see your faith. There's no evidence. Still looking. No. That's his kind of challenge there. The reality is you can't show people your faith in Jesus without any actions. This is, because it, this is because at some point, somewhere in your life, what you believe will affect what you do. It's a bit like when a child is stuck on a rock on a bushwalk with the family. You know the kind of scenario. The, the family goes out on a bushwalk. The child goes, that's really cool rock, and climbs it. And they get to the top of the rock, 
and they go, this is fantastic, until they realise that they're really high up and they have to get down. And they look at the way they came up and they go, I don't think I can do that. Mum, Dad! And they cry out for help. And their mum or dad says to them, well, just jump off and I'll catch you. Do you believe that I can catch you? And the child says, yes. And then the child goes, mm. do you know that scenario, friends? Maybe you were the mum or dad or maybe you were the child or maybe you were both. It's only when the child launches themselves into mid-air that they show that they believe that mum or dad will catch them. And hopefully they will. Do you see how actions show what the child really thinks, really believes, deep down? Real faith always produces actions or works somewhere in, in the person's life. The, the, what they do shows what they really believe. So how can we sum up this principle? Well, you could say it is faith alone that saves, but the faith that saves is never alone. That's kind of catchy, isn't it? It's faith alone that saves, but the faith that saves is never alone. And before you say, Paul, you are a brilliant wordsmith, well, I'm in awe of your skills, let me admit to you that I didn't come up with that. In fact, it's attributed to Martin Luther, who wrote it 500 years ago. And it's been around for about 500 years. But it's a super helpful way of putting it, isn't it? It is faith alone that saves... But the faith that saves is never alone. It always has good works following along behind it. Faith first, then the actions follow. And the actions show that the faith is really there. Now friends, we need to be careful about this as we talk about it and as we think about it. For we might then feel that unless we produce a stack of good works, our faith is fake. And spend a whole heap of anxious energy trying to produce enough good works to prove to ourselves we have genuine faith. Friends, let me encourage you not to go down that road. James here is not taking aim at the ordinary Christian believer who struggles with sin and sometimes fails. Okay, he'd be shooting at all of us, wouldn't he? We all said the confession earlier. We all admitted we fail from time to time. And we do. Many times a day sometimes. What he's taking aim at here is flippantly saying that we believe in Jesus but not being serious about it at all. So as long as there's some kind of good works that follows faith, we can see that it's genuine faith. Perfection is something for heaven. 
We have the ideals that we aspire to, but they're aspirational. And we try, but we know that we'll be uh, fail and we will be forgiven through Jesus. Or to put it another way, James is after genuine faith, not perfect faith. Genuine faith will at some point have some kind of impact on our lives. That's what he's saying here. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty. You know, it might have seemed at the start of this talk that I'm against saying any creeds, and that's not the case. I'm not against creeds any more than James doesn't like faith in Jesus. Creeds can be good reminders of what we believe. And it's sometimes useful to declare we believe, either in a formal way, through a creed, or informal ways, as we talk to each other. But the danger creeps in when we say things, but don't really mean it. When we have a fake faith that doesn't get backed up by our lives. What we've seen today is that real faith always produces some good works at some point. It is faith alone that saves. But the faith that saves is never alone. It always has good works following along behind it. Real faith is always put into action. And I guess what we really need is living creeds or living words. And it may mean that we say the same words we said before. But the lives lived are different. For they are transformed by our living faith in the Lord Jesus. So friends, let us be people who really believe in Jesus. And whenever we say we believe in Jesus, whether formally in a creed or informally in conversation, let's mean what we say and then do what we mean. Let's put our faith into action. Faith that is never alone. Genuine faith. And we won't live this way perfectly, this side of heaven. But we can live this way genuinely, this side of heaven. And trust in the forgiveness we have in Jesus for those times that we fail. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you that you have saved us through the death of your son Jesus on the cross for us. Thank you for giving us faith in him. Thank you that we are saved through faith in Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that our faith would be that genuine faith, that real faith that James talks about in this passage. 
that our faith in Jesus would flow into our lives, slowly but surely transforming them by the power of your Spirit. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we would then live changed lives. Not perfect ones, but genuine ones. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that as we do so, it wouldn't just be for our good, but for your glory. Amen. Well, if you're listening this morning uh, and you've got questions about faith and works, it is totally cool to come and grab me after the service. Or if you're listening online to send me a message during the week, I'd uh, love to hear from you. And it'd be great to have a more of a conversation about this.